I think another um, value that the internet pushes on us is pride and selfishness. There was a question, there's two questions we got. One was, is taking a bunch of selfies selfish? And another one was, is taking selfies with a shellfish selfish? Whoever wrote that one, mad props to you. Um, I think it can be. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Like, there's nothing inherently evil about a selfie. I think the question is, for, for those of us who struggle with wanting to post selfies all the time, what's our motives? For anything, not just selfies, um, for anything that you want to post, what's your motive? Is it, I need attention? Is it, I need validation? Is it, I need to be told that I'm loved or special? Is it, I deserve attention, maybe? That's something people struggle with, the feeling that because I've done this, I deserve that. Well, in Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Sometimes the struggle can be valuing social media over actual life. There can be a huge value that we can have towards our likes and our comments and our friends. Sometimes we see people with 600 friends on Instagram and they have nowhere near that many real friends in actual life. Sometimes we're more worried about our social media friends than our real friends. And, you know, my experience is, um, you know, when the internet first kind of started up when I was a young person and we had dial tone, or you guys know what that is, like, like you... It sounded like a telephone was calling your computer and then it made a bunch of weird noises and it took like an hour and finally you connected and it was so slow, but we loved it. It was amazing when the internet first came out. When that stuff first came out, when the internet first came out, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have MySpace. We had something called forums. There's these message boards. I was an administrator on a forum dedicated to Adventures and Odyssey, which was a Christian radio program. It was so nerdy. I was in junior high and I kept doing it well into high school. It was so nerdy. Um, and I made a lot of friends with people all around the world, and I knew them by their usernames, and we had all these inside jokes and all these things that we talked about. But then years later, I ended up in a Facebook group. They added me to a Facebook group of all these people who used to be on this Adventures in Odyssey message board. And I realized I don't know any of their real names. Like, I don't know what they look like, and I don't actually know anything about their actual life. All we had were these inside jokes. All we had were these kind of fake connections. And the thing is, we can be the most connected generation, and yet we can also be the most disconnected. We can become shallow. You know, um, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes about something. Have you guys ever heard in Ecclesiastes, he says, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all vanity. You guys ever heard that? So the Jewish word for vanity is, it's hevel. Everyone say hevel. Hevel. And hevel basically just means smoke. Can you guys see that smoke? on the fire, it's there for a minute, it floats up, and then it's gone. And in our life, so much can just be hevel. It can just be there for a minute, you can kind of see it, you try to touch it, but you can't really grasp it, and then it's gone. And so much of our life can be wasted, so much of our time can be wasted, but as followers of Jesus, we're called to be different. We're called to walk with God and love him. So another thing that can be a struggle is a desire for fame and praise. And I, I mean, this is a huge struggle for me, um, not just on social media, but I saw this video of, um, from last year, this little girl, the news did a report on this little girl who was making horror movies with her cat. 
and posting them on social media. And she's only getting like, you know, 10, 15 likes or posts, but she was obsessed, like obsessed with the likes and comments, just like I live for the likes and comments. And, and this is a quote from her. It makes me feel really good to know people appreciate my work. When I don't get likes, I feel bad. I want people to pay attention to me. This, is, this was totally me. Those of you guys who know me really well, like you know that I was involved in something called Skippy Shorts. Um, and, you know, we did these puppet videos. Okay, they were funny, but like during the time of making those, like I was a wreck. Like I literally was so obsessed with the likes and the comments. I like literally, I would make a video and I would sit there for hours just refreshing and refreshing and refreshing and waiting to see. And I felt like that was like, when people gave me likes and comments on my work, on my videos, I felt valued, and I wasn't feeling valued at school, I wasn't necessarily feeling valued at home, so I was finding my value in that instead of in Jesus Christ, and it just ended up being so empty. For students, they've asked students nowadays, like, what do you want more than anything? Like, what's the number one value for you? And for many people, it's fame. And in other decades, like fame was number 15 down the list. And before it was helping people and loving people and being a member of your community. For a lot of us, it's, it's fame. We live in the American Idol and Hannah Montana generation. For those of you guys who grew up with Hannah Montana, you, you know. It's about a normal girl who also doubles as a famous star. And I mean, there's some of you guys here who I'm sure like you have no desire to like be a, someone on a stage. Like the idea of public speaking or performing like just just destroys you even thinking about it. But I think we have a huge desire in all of us to be liked and appreciated. And there was a, a girl who sent in a question. She said this, I struggle with feeling like I'm not valuable unless I get a lot of likes and comments on my pictures. Do you have any advice? And this is my advice to her. It's from the Bible. It's just this, Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. The Lord loves us. We're not just random people here on this earth. He says, you guys are my masterpiece and I've created you for good things and for good works. So as we wrap up in just these last couple minutes, I wanna talk about using social media as a follower of Jesus. Because we've talked about some of the pitfalls, we've talked about some of the problems. So how do we use social media as followers of Jesus? For many young disciples of Jesus, we like to think of our Christ following as happening in the physical world, but then when it comes to social media, we think of it as separate. I don't, know, I don't want to show of hands, but I've felt like that. It's like, okay, when I'm with people, when I'm talking to people, like that's my Christian life, but when I'm on social media, when I'm online, like that's completely separate. That's just kind of my own personal thing. But if you think about it, like how much time do you spend on social media? Like how much time are you online? How much time are you interacting with people on Snapchat and Instagram and apps like that? For most of us, it's a lot of time. Even for me in Brooklyn, admittedly, we spend a lot of time on social media. It's, it's become very normal to come home after a day of work and for a little bit of time get on and just look at people's stuff. And you know what? In my day, um, people in the church were upset about things. They were upset about TV and video games. They said TV and video games are going to ruin our children. We got to stop the kids from watching TV and playing video games. Well, I didn't stop watching TV. I didn't stop playing video games, and I'm still here. I survived, it worked out okay. In fact, I still watch TV and I still play video games. So with social media, like, I don't think the answer is to say like, there's all these negatives to social media, so everyone throw your phones in the fire. Like, I don't think that's the answer. Social media is not gonna go away. It's gonna be here for a long time and it's probably gonna develop even more. 
I don't think Jesus is calling us not to use social media. I think he's calling us to be with him on social media. We can commit social media sins. I committed one recently. Um, I posted about a bajillion pictures from my Seattle trip. Um, it was gnarly. I had all these trips from, or all these pictures from Seattle. Brooklyn and I went. She was like, "Just post pictures as you're on your trip." And I was like, "No, that's lame. I'm gonna wait." I don't know why. And I was sitting at home, and I was like, "I'm gonna post these pictures." And I uploaded them to an app on my computer, and I thought they were gonna post them over a week, like a couple each day. It just posted all 40 of them in one night. <laughs> And people hated me for it. And I totally understand. I deserved it. Like, I lost, like, 40 followers. I, I was sitting there, like, watching my followers, like, just disappear. And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? I can't go back and delete them all. That'd be even lamer. Like, oh, it was, it was gnarly. And then I, uh, I suspended my Instagram account. Like, I turned it off because I was like, if I just turn it off and, like, wait a day, maybe, like, all the problems will go away and no one will see my pictures anymore and I'll stop blowing up people's feeds. And then I turned it back on and it went and tagged every single person I've ever tagged in a photo. It re-tagged them in that old photo. So now people are sitting at home like, man, Aaron's posting a lot of pictures and he just went back and tagged me in every, like, there's a picture from when I was in third grade. Like, this is really weird. So probably one of the most embarrassing things that's happened to me in a long time. Um, so that's a social media sin. And I think um, the struggle, though, is, you know, we don't want to commit social media sins. Like, we don't want people to think we're not cool online. We want to post a certain amount of pictures. Like, we want to kind of get on Instagram, like, those rows where, like, they kind of look symmetrical or maybe, like, they're color-coordinated, you know? And I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but some people do that where it's, like, everything's, like, like you know, blue period. Like, everything looks <laughs> super good. Um, <laughs> it's because we, we live in a culture that worships authenticity, like, we want to be authentic. We want people to see us as real and raw. So here's the thing. If your idea of being a Christian online means every post is a shot of my Bible and coffee morning devotions, and then people will really know that I'm a Christian and I'm really trying to live for Jesus, or, like, every post is going to be an inspirational verse, like, white text on black background with, like, a nice sweet border, and then people will know that I'm a Christian. People are actually going to feel like you're a salesman trying to sell them something, I think. I think people will get annoyed, just as they got annoyed at me with my Seattle pictures. So I think it's important to understand following Jesus online doesn't mean that you only post things that have a Christian label. It's about posting an authentic Christ-following life for all to see. It's not just about posting Bible verses, although that is a part of it. Here's the thing. I just, before we talk about what you can post that's obviously Christian things— I just want to encourage you guys. If you're a follower of Jesus and your heart is after God and you love God, you can reflect God's image through so many different things. You can post pictures of you just living your life. And if you're walking with God and you're loving him and it's just a picture of you just about your day, maybe you and your friends doing something fun, that actually reflects God's nature. Because you're, you're in community, like you're with your friends, you're loving your friends, like you're experiencing life, the life that God made for you. It's not like that's a secular post because it doesn't have a verse attached to it. That actually, that's a good thing. You can post beauty. You can take a picture of a sunset. You can take a picture of a tree. Uh, if you're dating, you can take a picture of your girlfriend. Um, and that's reflecting God's nature. Like you can, you can post something beautiful and that God made, and it's reflecting him. And you don't have to feel like it's not Christian because it doesn't have a Christian hashtag or verse. You can post art. 
You can post a poem that you wrote or a song or a piece of a, or piece of a painting. You can post a painting or, or something that you designed or something that you drew and you're reflecting God's image because God is a creator and he creates and he's creative. I just, I'm, I just, I hate so much this idea of like a sacred secular divide, which is just basically like, it's the reason why we have Christian music and Christian t-shirts and like Christian concerts and Christian conferences and all of these things because people want to like have an, their own separate little Christian society. But Christians were called to be in the world. We're called to live our lives. And it's not like things that have a Jesus fish on them are better than things that don't. We can live our life, and as followers of Jesus, we can reflect his nature. In 1 Corinthians, we're finally at the verse we said we're going to talk about. I'm so sorry. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 through 33 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's pretty simple. Like, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. I went to the Jack in the Box today, and I ate a burger. I don't know if that was to the glory of God, because that's not very healthy. Um... But, you know, I'm happy that he made that cow, that I could eat it. I'm happy he made those potatoes. I think we can live for the Lord in simpler ways than we think. Let's look at the rest of the verse. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Gentiles, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, for that I, for the, or, but the good of many, so that many may be saved." So Paul's talking about whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Whether you eat, drink, take a walk, play a video game, listen to a Bible study, go to church, hang out with your friends, do it for the Lord. He's talking about don't make anyone stumble. He's talking about try to please everyone by living in a way that's godly. And he's talking about not seeking our own, but the good of many so that many could be saved. Here's the problem a lot of times James K.A. Smith says this in his book, Imagining the Kingdom. He says, young people are constantly aware of the things the popular kids are doing on Instagram and Snapchat. And there's a never-ending competition for coolness because we're always trying to imitate the crowd. This is definitely a problem, I think, trying to imitate what other people do. But in the scriptures, in Ephesians 5, it tells us to imitate Christ. It says, imitate, and this is Ephesians chapter five, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself for us a sacrifice. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Dirty jokes, foolish talk, um, coarse stories, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to the Lord. Here's just a couple thoughts about using social media as a follower of Jesus. Because we need to remember as we're using it, we need to do it in a way that loves others. So one is think before you post. If we're going to glorify God through our social media, we need to be thinking on how our actions reflect not just us, but Jesus, because we represent Jesus to the world. So before posting, ask these two simple questions. Is what I post loving? And does it help or hurt the gospel? So loving. I think comments towards other people in a loving way, like not necessarily like all mushy all over them, but just being friendly, um, being supportive and encouraging. I think joking, um, joking with one another can be loving. Um, I posted a picture of James today with a photo of Harambe, and I don't think it made him cry. Um, he looks pretty sad now. I think he's just <laughs> sleepy from football. Um, but we can joke with people without putting people down. But I think unloving is when we publicly shame one another. 
I think calling people out publicly for their mistakes. Sometimes, I don't know if you're wired this way, but some people are so wired when like they see someone make a mistake or just do something stupid, they have to publicly call them out. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where like you said something stupid on social media and your friend got on there and he started like calling you out in front of everybody else. That's definitely not loving. I think helping and hurting the gospel, the gospel is because of Jesus, we're saved, we're going to heaven. King Jesus changes everything. We're a new creation and we live to love and serve others. But what hurts the gospel? Well, I think anything that's unloving, I think if we post something that stumbles other people, and sometimes we want to post something that we think is awesome, and maybe it, it, maybe it seems awesome, but we're not thinking about how it hurts other people. We're putting our own liberty over loving others. I think anything that points people away from the heart of God, I think dirty jokes, sexual language, and this is not just things we post, but things we comment on. Sometimes we think people don't notice, people don't see, but they do. Um, I think sometimes, uh, for, this, is, this is for guys especially, girls can do this, but I think guys, when we objectify girls in our comments, when a girl posts a picture and you know, like we start commenting and kind of just really like reducing her down to an object and saying, oh, she's so hot, oh my gosh, look at her. I don't think that's right. I think prideful boasts, bragging about our life, I think posting in a sensual way, whether you're a guy or a girl, posting in a way that's not modest um, because maybe you think you look sexy in a photo. And this is what I mean by that. I think our words matter. And I, I've wanted to say this for a long time, but you know, when you guys are in junior high, I didn't think it was appropriate. But I think sometimes when someone posts a picture and the response is, oh my gosh, that's so sexy. Oh my gosh, you look so sexy. I think we're a culture that really like loses the meaning of words. That word sexy, like what you're really saying when you say that is you are an object of sexual desire. That's the definition, that's the definition of the word. You are somebody that someone would want to have sex with. And I think for followers of Jesus, like obviously God made us in a way where one day we're gonna get married and have an amazing relationship in that way, but that's not something we should be bringing out and using that word in such a like just flippant way, I think. I think many people are pressured pressured by their friends and culture in their schools to appear desirable and hot. And this is what drives a lot of people, especially young girls, to post things that are inappropriate. There's a difference between someone looking pretty or handsome in a picture and just posting it, and between someone posting a picture they know is not modest and will get lots of likes and attention because of it. The sad thing is, as a young person, a lot of effort is put into expressing the sexuality to the world around you because you think that's how you attract a guy or a girl. And it's actually very shallow. And sadly, many people get married based on these shallow attempts to appear attractive. But once they get married, they don't actually put effort into expressing their sexuality to their husband or wife. And people grow apart, cheat on one another, and get divorces. Because Satan teaches us to do the whole thing backwards. Our body is a gift from the Lord. Our body is not dirty or wicked. And God designed marriage as a place where you can totally be free with your bodies with no limitations and be completely 100% free to be intimate and truly known by another person. So don't believe the lie from the enemy that you need to expose that side of yourself to the world. The world is constantly pressuring you to expose that side of yourself to as many people as possible because that's how you get love. This is especially a problem for girls. There's so much pressure. I don't sit here judging any girls. I don't sit here talking down to any girls. I sit here understanding that every time you walk in the grocery store, you look at those magazine racks and every time you open up social media, you see the models and the people basically saying, this is what you have to be to get loved and accepted. That's not true. And here's the reality for guys and girls who struggle with this. 
when we act in this way, we're not only taking something away from our future and husband and wife, I think even more we're taking away something from yourself. You're taking away your worth because you're beautiful people and you're more than enough because of who Jesus made you to be and how much he loves you. You're enough and you don't need to use your body in immodest ways to attract people. The kind of people you'll attract in that way are not the kind of people who will genuinely treat you like you deserve. There's so much beauty inside all of you, guys and girls. Don't let the enemy twist your view of beauty to the way the world sees it. So here's some thoughts about thinking before we post. Or those were some thoughts, but I think we also need to think about who we like and who we follow. We have been conditioned to kind of double tap on anything and everything that we enjoy in the slightest bit, but we forget that people follow us. We have fellow believers who follow us and we have non-believers. So we need to be careful. It's so easy to just kind of go through stuff on social media and end up liking inappropriate pictures, jokes, memes. Memes are awesome. I could look at memes all day, but some of them are kind of gnarly. Here's an example. Internet culture thinks that violence against women is hilarious. There's so much jokes about violence against women and objectifying women, but we need to be different. As Christians, like we shouldn't be liking these things or supporting these things. And if you've ever been at a point where you've been online and you're looking through some memes or something or some jokes and you see something and you're like, that is so funny, but it's sin, I think you need to check yourself. I don't think it's necessarily sin to have that reaction and laugh at something, but I would really encourage you, if you're just laughing at sin all the time, I think the enemy has you primed because when you stop taking sin seriously and you just laugh at it and it's all just one big joke, the next step is you engaging in those sins. The next step is you going down that path. I think one of the big problems that we can have is liking someone else's sin. We see someone struggling, doing something wrong, and we like it. And it's crazy because normally for most of us, we wouldn't publicly watch our friend's sin and say, yeah, I like that sin. That's a rad sin, dude. Awesome. Like we wouldn't publicly do that, but online it's so much easier. Why? Because we want people to know and accept us. Possibly it's because you want to be like them. Possibly it's because you want them to know that you're interested in their sin. And maybe it's because you're already involved in their sin. But here's the thing. If we're followers of Jesus, we have to remember that all sin is poisonous. All sin. So whether we're liking posts of our friends that are sexual, whether we're liking posts from our friends that are dirty jokes, whether we're liking posts from our friends that are, from, are about drugs and alcohol, or simply just posts of them being disrespectful to their parents and teachers. Because I don't want you to think that like, these, you know, these are the things that are really bad. Um, you know, sex, drugs, alcohol. Like, if you like any of those posts, oh, you're such a sinner. If you're like, supporting your friend who's on social media and like, talking about what a jerk their teacher is or how horrible their mom is, it's just as much in sin to, part, like, to support that. If someone is online and complaining or angry and you're just you're totally backing them up and like, oh yeah, all those people in your life are jerks, I hate them, whether it's on social media or just our texting, we need to realize that sin is poison. And if we love the people in our life, we shouldn't let them swim around and drink poison. And we do it all the time though because we don't, it's so tough. It's so tough to point out someone's sin in love because you're so afraid that you're going to lose the relationship. You're so afraid that things are going to be weird between you. So it's so much easier just to accept sin and go along with it and support it instead of pointing it out. But here's the reality. Sin kills. And honestly, I've watched way too many of my high school friends like literally get enslaved to sex, porn, drugs, alcohol, and I look back and it's like, why didn't I say anything? Because I was afraid they wouldn't think I was cool. 
because I didn't want to lose the little bit of friendship that I have, and I regret that. And if I can save you any regrets by telling you that, I would encourage you. I remember there was this one girl, back before we had Facebook, we had MySpace, there was this one girl I was friends with, and she went off the deep end, started getting into some really gnarly stuff, and I just was like, I feel like I need to talk to her, but oh, that would be so awkward, that'd be so lame, oh, I don't know. But I really prayed about it, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And the Lord told me, like, you need to talk to her. And I was like, oh, that's so awkward, Lord. Like, I would much rather just, like, tell her she's doing fine and there's nothing wrong. But the Lord was like, no, like, it's poison. Like, you don't want her to be in that poison. So I wrote her this long letter. And I told her how much God loved her and how valuable she was and how she didn't need to go down that path. And you know what was amazing? She totally read that letter, gave up her sin, repented and turned her life back to the Lord. And I was just blown away. I was like, it's amazing that I could, I could influence someone. It's amazing that the Lord could use me that way. And he can use you in that way too. Guys, we shouldn't like sin. We can like the person who's sinning, but we shouldn't like sin, whether it's actually just tapping on a like or whether it's actually telling someone, hey, I love what you're doing. Because it's, it's poison. And you need to remember there's younger people who look up to you, younger people who are constantly watching. And trust me, they notice who likes what. Whether it's on social media or just around the school, they notice who's into what. You are a huge influence on younger people around you. Even if you don't actually support what the person in the post is doing, if you like it, people will notice and they will assume that you support it. As followers of Jesus, it's not just about pretending that we're perfect. It's about trying to keep people away from what's wrong and pointing them to what's right. So I'll finish with this. Here's the opportunity of social media. This is a great opportunity of social media. Encouragement. It's encouragement. We have such an opportunity to encourage one another. We have such an opportunity to post things that uplift. And like I said, you can post your life. You can post things that are going on in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing sinful about just posting things that are going on in your life. Post pictures of you hanging out with your friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have an opportunity to point people to the word of God, scripture, God's truth, God's love, to share stories of what God is doing in your life. And guys, like, that's amazing, the opportunity that we have to share our journey with Jesus. And so many times we go to camp and literally it's like after camp, everyone posts like one post about like, oh man, look at what the Lord's doing in my life. And it's like the one post per year about the Lord. It's like the, the post camp post. It's here's what God's doing. And then nothing the rest of the year. And why, why is it like that? Why do we only post like that after camp? Is it because of embarrassment? I think for some of us, maybe the reason we don't want to ever bring up the Lord online is because our social media personality is different and we want to keep it a certain way. We want to protect our image and we're afraid of maybe losing respect from people if we post about the Lord. But I'd love to see this group become one that spreads truth about Jesus. Evangelism is a huge opportunity in this way. How many people follow you that aren't Christians? I know people personally uh, who are really big into like fashion and modeling and they're Christians and they've got like thousands and thousands of followers. They get, yeah, <laughs> they get thousands of likes. You know what? Like I know one guy, he'll post a picture and he'll get like 3,000 likes. Here's the thing. Peter, when he preached 
When he first, uh, when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit first came on Peter and he went out in the streets and he preached to people, 3,000 people heard it. Like, that's pretty amazing. Like, how often do we have the opportunity to preach to 3,000 people? Not much. Those of you guys, there's some of you guys here, you get like 300 likes on your pictures or 200 or even 50. That's an amazing opportunity. When I was your age, I never had the opportunity to talk to 50 people about the Lord. But some of you guys have 50 people at least who will listen to your writings, who will read your posts, who will read your scripture that you post, you have such an amazing opportunity. Some of you guys have more people reading and liking your posts than there are people in this circle right now listening to me talk. You could point someone to Christ. It's a great opportunity that we have. So my question just to end, just to think about as we go in our groups is, what messages are we preaching with our social media? Is it selfishness or is it glorifying God? Are we living for ourselves in that way? Is it really a selfish, selfie idea? Or are we living for the Lord? And that doesn't mean living for the Lord means every post is a Bible verse. But I think it should be some. I think we have the word of God. We have stories in our life of what God is doing. Let's point people to those things. And I promise you, you guys will impact people in great ways. You guys have a tool that Peter and Paul and James and John only dreamed of having. You have such an ability to influence other people. I just say use it. It's a great tool, and I think the Lord can use it in your life in a great way. So let's pray, and then we'll have the girls go inside, and the guys will stay out here. Lord, we love you. God, thank you so much just for what you've done in all our lives and how much you love us. And I just pray that tonight, God, you'd help us to see your plan for us and the way that we live our life. And not just with social media, but just with our lives, God. If you're king, it changes everything about how we live. And I pray we'd live for you. I pray we'd love for you. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't use social media as a place to hide, as a place to be secret, as a place to protect ourselves from parents and authority and people who care about us, but we don't want them to see what we're doing. I pray we wouldn't use it as a way to hide, but God, that we would just be in the light. Lord, the Bible talks about people being lovers of darkness and hiding their sin. God, I pray that we would be different as followers of Jesus. Not that we'd be perfect, but that we'd be authentic and real and that we'd be honest about our mistakes and that we'd be people who didn't live two-faced lives. But we'd be people who were just all out living for you. And that when people look at our social media, whether we're just posting pictures of our life or whether we're posting things that point to you, they would see this person's different. This person, there's something fascinating. There's something amazing about this person and the way they live their life. I wanna know what makes them so special and that people would see Jesus in us. I pray that you would raise up missionaries in this group who would take to social media to post things about you and point people to you. Because Lord, it's not about how many followers we have, it's about how many followers you have. And that's what we live for, God, is to point people to you. So thank you, Lord, for this gift of technology and all these things. Help us to use it in a way that honors you. We love you, Lord, and we ask this in your name, amen.